my brain, as a withdrawer, kicks me right to logic. It says, come up with 10 things that, that maybe you could figure out, fix, solve. Uh, it tells me to um, kind of make sure I have the right answer before I answer also. Like, make sure that I'm my... It's almost like fact-checking in my head. Connecting, Connecting couples with, with the, the real Emhoffs. Hi, I'm Chad Emhoff. And I'm Angela Emhoff, and we're excited to be bringing you part four of our Basics series. This is our first podcast. We're really excited about it. We've got it on two platforms. You can check us out on YouTube and watch us on video, or you can listen to us on our podcast channel. And so um, we're the real Emhoffs, and we're really excited to uh, to be doing this. We've had some couples ask us. We run Creative for Connections, and Chad's a marriage and family therapist, and I'm a, a certified life coach with a master's in marriage and family therapy. We have clients that we see, and we often get the question, hey, do you guys have a podcast, or do you have something that we can listen to or read? And so Other materials, yeah. yeah we, everybody's we always said, kind of asking for more. They're like, how can we get more information about this, this stuff? Uh, when you start to get into attachment and kind of understanding how humans work, man, it just resonates. So uh, we hope that we can do a, a justice by this uh, topic and and topics that we're covering and, and kind of just help people have a tool. Um, yeah. I know that some therapists like to listen to this kind of stuff, but this is really, we're trying to connect with couples, couples. the couples that, that are struggling and, and, or not struggling, just want to get better. Yeah. Um, and so couples who are in therapy with an EFT yeah. therapist, couples who go to hold me tight workshops or creative for connection workshops. We're really going to kind of break down some of the terms that you hear like pursuer. Yeah. That was last week's topics this week to- uh, with this week's topic is withdrawers. Um, and we're going to talk about cycles and, and, and if, if you guys hope- will give me just like 20 minutes, I'll, I'll start talking. What? Well, just because withdrawers, I just thought it'd be a good analogy. <laughs> I don't, I don't Nobody's know. Nobody's going to listen to that. He's confusing me. Uh, okay. Oh, gosh. Um, what our hope is, is that we're going to bring you um, not only practical examples from how we interact, because we, uh, part of our very, our first introduction to this basic series was why we do this. We're both divorced and we both have failed at relationship. And when we um, uh, learned about EFT and really started applying it to our own relationship, it was a game changer for us. Yeah, we both dug into our own stories, um, as so many therapists and couples do yeah. when they get into therapy and start looking at like, okay, how has this gone wrong? Um, and, and we were like, oh my gosh, if we had changed some of the things that we did previously in yeah. our other relationships, could have changed we those. might have had different outcomes. Yeah. So this could have been a different thing. So we feel blessed so, that not only we yeah. got to apply it to our relationship, but that we get an opportunity to kind of bring it to other couples. And so our hope is that we'll bring a topic to you, give you an example of kind of how it works. And then we're going to give you what we call a connect point where we want you to have a conversation with your partner that helps you build a stronger bond, a more secure bond and really connect. We love connecting couples. Yeah. And so as we dive into this, uh, the topic today is withdrawers. And so when I think about withdrawers, what we really mean is, uh, well, it's very similar to what happens with pursuers in the moment where things go wrong, where we get in distress. So I notice something going on with my wife. What does my body or my gut tell me to do? do does it does it activate and get more anxious? Right? Does it kind of like start to kind of question, or does it, as a withdrawer, this is what happens for me, kind of go, "Uh oh, this is bad," and then. My brain, as a withdrawer, kicks me right to logic. It says, come up with 10 things that that maybe you could figure out, fix, solve. Uh, It tells me to kind of make sure I have the right answer before I answer also. Like, make sure that I'm my – it's almost like fact-checking in my head. It's like I see something, sense something's wrong, and all of a sudden I'm like, bam, I'm going to my facts. Let me go to my thoughts. Let me go to my my logic and structure and and make sure that whatever I'm going to say is exactly right. So – 
it kind of pulls us in. And, and actually that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, if, if we have the, the facts, if we have the logic, if we have the understanding, almost everywhere else in my life, I get rewarded for that, for not just jumping the gun and kind of throwing stuff out there. So it, it, it kind of pulls me to this place where I'm like, oh my gosh, I better have the right answer. Something's gone wrong. And it really tells me that, that probably I've messed something. Like I, it probably is my fault, whatever's going on, or it's at least my responsibility to solve or fix you know, every time I hear my husband talking about what a jar feels like, it just makes me have compassion for him because a lot of times we're in when we're in a heated conversation, I don't see all that. All I see is he. We talked about this in our in our second podcast um, when we talked about love. All I see is his slow blink, and and my body freaks out, and I try to uh, come at him with more words. And so to hear kind of this thing that happens for him makes me more curious about it. I I don't want to contribute to what that is, and so when I hear him say. I want to get the right answer. I think how that makes so much sense when he is in a relationship with someone or withdrawers are in relationship with people who interrogate Most them of the time. Yeah. with yeah. questions. It, and, and often I hear withdrawers say, I feel like my partner uses my words against me. And so you'll say something and a, and a pursuer is really quick to say, oh, you didn't say it just like that or that, you know, it didn't happen that way. It makes sense that a, a withdrawer would go, I better say it right because what I'm going to say is going to be scrutinized or what I'm going to say is, is examined, not- checked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. just, uh, it just, um, it, it seems on the outside, a lot of times that, that withdrawers aren't really engaged when the more I get to know withdrawers, the more I realize they are fully engaged and they're doing their best to try to get it right. Yeah. And, and so I want to tell you guys, um, we, I am engaged. I do care. I mean, this relationship is probably the most important thing, uh, in, in my world other than maybe God. Right. And so, uh, thinking about that, I've got this like a moment where it goes, Oh, this is bad. And in my life, it has taught me, it said, if you have a problem, fix it. I am someone who fixes everything. If something breaks, I take it apart. If something doesn't work, we don't, the first thing I do isn't call the repairman. The first thing I do is, is go, okay, well, let me look at it. Is it plugged in? Have you turned it off and turned it on? We'll talk about family of origin in (laughs) our second series. But I do the exact same thing with my wife, right? She has a problem. She has something going on. And I'm like, what is this? What? Okay. And, and, and my gut, I have an emotional reaction. Like with withdrawals, you have an emotional reaction. It's not that you don't have emotion or that you're uh, devoid of some ability to do the thing that your, uh, your, your humanity has kind of created you to do. Like you have the ability to do it, but what we've learned, what withdrawers have learned is if I do that thing, if I feel deeply, it won't get me anywhere right? It won't solve my problem. If I allow my emotions to run me, it'll just kind of wreck us. And, and I've heard this lots and lots of times, but like, if I let my emotion just kind of take over, I'm scared of what I might do. I've never seen it work out. I've, I've only ever kind of like been shut down by my emotion. I've been told to suck it up. I mean, and stereotypically, a lot of guys are, are withdrawers, not to say that there aren't, um, male pursuers. There are, but but a lot of guys really are kind of this stereotypical withdrawer that says, lock it up, suck it up, rub some dirt on it, spit on it. You'll, you'll get over it. It's not going to hurt so bad. Keep moving, yeah. right? Solve the problem. And, and so many places we get rewarded for that. Absolutely. We, you know, work or, uh, that's the trap. That's yeah, the real trap. Sports. There. I mean, think about all the, all the analogies around sports that we could use there, but, but that is not, that is not safe. Right. Cause like you're saying, that is the trap because if I ignore my pain, in a relationship designed where for us to bring our pain to the, the, the marriage relationship, the, the, 
this kind of intimate partner relationship is the place where I'm supposed to be vulnerable, where I'm supposed to take my pain. The problem is as a withdrawer, I shut my pain off as quickly as I can and go to my reasons. Now, as soon as I go to my reasons, I have left the one place that I might be successful. And my fear as a withdrawer most of the time is that I'm going to get it wrong, right? That I'm going to mess up somehow. And so as soon as that moment happens and I'm gone and look what happens, I'm trapped. Now I'm, now I'm in this spot where it's like, even if I do the perfect moves or put the answer, the perfect question or have the perfect solve, it doesn't tell me that I'm okay. It says that, it says that basically my doing is, has made me okay. But, but that maybe if I'm not okay, I wonder, I wonder where that leaves me. And I, it's interesting, too, to, as you kind of hear the okay? deeper thing yeah. that's happening. There's so many times um, a, a pursuer partner will, will say, you know, I want to know what you're really feeling. <laughs> or, you know, I, I want to be safe for you. You know, we talked in um, our the second uh, part of this series, which was, what you know, what is love? We talked about safety and how we long for safety. And if I know that my partner is a withdrawer and he's shutting down, then part of that sends me a message that I'm not safe. And so, you know, I just kind of picture sometimes me with my arms in the air being like, I am safe. You should be able to talk to me right now. You know, like just aggressively attacking him, telling him I want him to open up. It's a trap. She's really not that bad. Yeah, no, no. But, But so many times... You know, I feel like I'm trying to lure him to <clears throat> to be in these vulnerable places, but the message that he gets is, I can't get this right. I hear her kind of, you know, wanting to know more, but I feel like if I share it, it's not going to be the right thing, or she's going to tell me what I'm really feeling. I'm known for that, by the way, saying like, you know, you, uh, you know, I see your, <laughs> I see your face, and it's telling me wait, that you're wait. very frustrated. This or podcast whatever. is about withdrawers right now. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, Come back good. to the point here. I'm fighting for us guys yeah. and, 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 and girls, girls withdraw- that are withdrawers. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, Man. it's not gender specific. It can be switched, but the idea there is that. Um, this is cyclical and, yeah. and withdrawers and, and pursuers do affect each other. And so being able to hear Chad and, and the withdrawers that I work with, I feel um, that it's such a tricky thing that the very moves that tell our bodies we need to stay safe are the very moves that go against what we really long for, which is connection. Yeah. And I want to kind of throw a couple examples of this out there and because I think they're um, very appropriate and I, and I think they actually illustrate the dilemma of a withdrawer really well. So one of them, and I think is, is, is this like idea of a kid, right? And so you think about a little, a little boy, uh, and I'll use a little boy cause I think that's maybe the best one to use in this scenario. But, but you think about a little boy and he falls down and skins his knee and he, and he kind of gets told, you know, to suck it up. He said, he gets told, okay, you know, it's, you're okay. You're okay. It's going to be okay. You're fine. You're fine. And I, and I think that happens a lot. And, and now if they skin their knee, maybe, maybe mom or dad or, or maybe you're really great parents and you scoop them up and hug them and let them know they're safe and kind of do the things. But, but I think a lot of times, especially uh, when I was growing up, you know, it, it felt like guys, boys were supposed to just be strong. We're supposed to just be tough and, and, and kind of take it on the chin. And definitely when it's like you got your feelings hurt, right? A lot of times I've, I've talked to, I've talked to hundreds of, of withdrawers, but there's almost always this story that, that said, okay, dry up those tears and let's keep going, right? The, and, and what's cool is like they were successful at it. There's no space for your, there's no space yeah. for your emotions. They were really successful at it. But as a kid, especially in moments when we've had really tough 
things go on, you know, uh, loss of a parent or a, a close pet or, you know, these places where, where we get told, okay, that's enough grief. Let's just move forward. Right. And lock it up. That can be a real attribute. If, if you're trying to, to get through a painful time and, and you have to like land the plane, so to speak, we need people who can shut off emotion. That is not the problem. The problem is that, that we also need to be able to come back and re-engage with our emotion, right? So be able to go, hey, this is my painful spot. This is what hurts inside me and share that with my wife, right? If, if, if my performance, if always getting it right, if always being the strongest, the toughest, the fastest is the only way I'm going to be okay, then, then I'm really only left with the one option. It's like the cowboy who rides off into the sunset to die because he's no longer able to perform the, the task. It's, it's, it's a really hopeless place that these withdrawers get stuck in. And we kind of get told, and I think culture does this in lots of ways, but it says, be strong, be, be, be powerful, never hurt. Even if you get hurt, don't show it, right? And, and the problem is then you get left with this kind of hopeless place that, that how do you even know if you're okay? Yeah. Because we don't always win. And we don't always succeed. And we will, I guarantee you're going to fail in life. You will miss some things. I see it so much actually in uh, the recovery program that um, that we run together. We run a 12-step program that's faith-based. And um, a lot of times I see that withdrawers, not that it doesn't happen for pursuers also, but a lot of withdrawers will lean towards some of those addictive behaviors like alcohol and drugs and, and numb because the message they've gotten for so long is, that um, you don't have, there is no space for you to feel your pain. There's no safe place for you to feel your pain. There's no safe person for you to take that pain to. And because that pain is overwhelming and it's really hard to kind of um, go into, it's better to just numb it, avoid it, work, outwork it, outperform yeah. it, um, do some of these other tendencies. But the hard part, again, the trap we've talked about is that those other tendencies can can tend to get in the way of functioning healthily. So there's this balance of, of just like the, the pursuer side, both sides have this similar dilemma, which is the, the balance of if I just stay what I feel like is protecting me from, from exposing this, then it's extremely lonely, it's extremely hard, and I never get my need met. But if I am vulnerable and share it, I might get rejected or it might be the wrong thing. I'll get that wrong and that will be really um, devastating also. And so it's this balance of learning how to kind of bring that forward. Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about that. And it's like that doesn't what's, – what's so crazy making about both pursuers and withdrawers is that it doesn't happen in your awareness. It's yeah. not like I get to make a choice about whether or not I'm going to shut down that thing. And so to even recognize that I've got an emotional – process happening is a step in this journey. So to give withdrawers some uh, credit or lead way with this, don't, don't, don't uh, beat yourself up because you're not aware, right? Like try to be aware. And, and in withdrawal, we tend to like say, I've got to get this right right now or else I'm failing somehow, or this doesn't work for me, or I'm not that person. And I want to say, no, this is, this is a process. This is like any other hard uh, thing that you've learned in your life or hard practice that you've tried. So kind of go on, and I want to, I want to bounce off of what you said and I want yeah. to make sure Sure. this is just another example though. But like guys, we, we tend to shut that down with drawers and I, I'm saying guys, but, but we tend to shut that down. And that is the second example I was going to give. It's what you were saying basically that, you know, a lot of times we shut this down. We don't even know that we have a need. 
We've always just been kind of in our heads, working off the spreadsheet, working off of our list of things to do, trying hard, getting up early, going to bed late, trying, trying to make ends meet for the family, all in an attempt to kind of earn our, our value, our, to be seen as, as wanted, as loved, as, as performing, as getting it right. And then when we get it right, I mean, how much money is enough anyway, right? Or how much, you know, how much stuff is enough? You know, culture is not going to tell you that there's, there's a cap to that education, how much knowledge, there, there's not enough education, how big is the house yeah. need to be, how all of the things. And so we, we will run ourselves into the ground and still feel like not enough. Yeah. Like failures really. And so then you're sitting alone, you're feeling like a failure. And then what does the TV do to you? Or what does culture say? Oh, well have a beer, have a, have a, have a, have a, have, have a, a sh- few beers, have a few, <laughs> have a shot, have a look at some porn, do some things that, I mean, and it, yeah. do those things work? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They feel good for a moment. Yeah. They also insert more shame. And so then the withdrawer wakes up the next morning a little bit earlier, tries a little bit harder, tells himself he's got to do better, fights really hard to be better. And, and, and the cycle continues, right? And, and so the personal cycle for the withdrawer yeah. add to it the couple cycle when you have an interaction that happens and all the pursuer does is kind of add more shame by saying something or approaching conversation in a way that implies you're getting it wrong you're not enough you're not trying hard whatever it is we in general don't really do a great job of saying hey i just want to let you know how much i appreciate you I just want to let you know that you matter and that I care about you and that I appreciate our relationship. We definitely point out the negative way more than we point out the positive. But that's one of the reasons why we were so passionate about trying to do a podcast like this is to start to bring some of this stuff to the forefront and give couples not only an opportunity to go, wait a minute, that is how I feel. And so to give you an opportunity based on some of the ways that we describe these roles, um, you can definitely use Chad's words if you're a withdrawer and those resonate. But if, if not, if you want to tweak them a little bit, what does it feel like for you? Just like last week when we said, hey, if you're a pursuer, um, we want you to kind of go, oh, I think that might be me. That's the same thing. That's the, Here's the connect point of this week's uh, podcast is, um, first, we're trying to get you guys to kind of identify what role you play in that you know, situation that happens between couples, we call it a cycle, we call it a dance, we call it, you know, getting sideways. There's a lot of ways we'll refer to that. But next week's podcast is going to be the cycle where we really kind of break down how these two roles interact or affect each other. Last week was was pursuers this week withdrawers. Um, And then we're going to see how we fit together next week. But really, our connect point in what Angela is saying is, try to decide or try to discuss a little bit of if you feel like you're the withdrawers, Say a little bit about why you do what you do, maybe. I would even be impressed. I really would be impressed if you could kind of say, you know, this is in that moment when I go to my logic, before I go to my logic, what does my gut do? What does is, what is this part of your body feel like? Yeah. Uh, and so if you can kind of say, hey, no, I feel the bottom drop out or I feel the tension in my chest. If you can connect some of that to your body, so often our bodies connect us to our emotion, and, and that's the place that we've learned to kind of check out of as withdrawers and pursuers. I mean, I'm yeah. not, not trying to leave one or the other out, but, but if you can connect to that, that's what I would love for you guys yeah. to try to connect back to. 
So. You know, last week we said, uh, if you're the pursuer and you could share with your partner, hey, I think that's me. Um, and if you were the withdrawer saying, yeah, I don't think I'm a pursuer. It's the same this week. <laughs> <think> pursuer, <laughs> your your role is not to say, I think you're a withdrawer. Um, it's it's possibly to be like, hey, did you listen to the podcast? And, and does that resonate at all with you? I'm curious to know how you feel about this week's podcast. And if that you're a withdrawer, like an... <laughs> just kind of say, which one of those is the better one? Because that's the one I want yeah, to be. No, no, no. 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 We wanna, that's a great point that you yeah. make, too because there isn't a better or worse, although a lot of pursuers will say um, they feel like pursuers are better. Uh, withdrawers feel that. They just don't verbalize it. Both sides do. The reality is this isn't about one role being better than the other. This yeah. is about acknowledging what your tendency is when you get in those distressful gets, moments. Yeah. And we really yeah. are, are able to start to articulate, hey, when we get sideways, this is how it feels. And then next week, we're going to talk about what happens when I feel like that and I do my thing and he feels like that and he does his thing. So thanks again for joining us this week. We look forward to connecting with you again next week.